Good evening, listeners, and welcome along to Across the Line here on Tib FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, the 2nd of February, 2024. Very, very busy show lined up for this evening's edition of the show. We're going to be looking ahead to all the weekend sport as usual, but this week in particular, we're looking ahead to the Hearty Cup final tomorrow between Nina CBS and Art Skull Reach. We'll also be looking ahead to the Tip Senior Hurlers start to their National Hurling League. They take on Dublin tomorrow. We'll also hear a bit about the Tip Footballers. They have a trip to Longford due on Sunday. Also, a lot of other sport happening around the Premier County this weekend. We'll try preview as much of that as possible over the course of the next hour. And later in the show, Liam Devaney, a Barcelona-based kickboxer, is the feature on this week's edition of The Sporting Edge. He's a European champion and he's got a good story to tell, so we'll hear about him later in the show. And Barry Drake will end the show giving us his weekly Greyhound update. So, as I said, a very, very busy show, but no other place to start this Friday night than looking ahead to tomorrow's big game in Cusick Park in Ennis. It gets underway at 1 o'clock. It is the Hearty Cup final, Nina CBS taking on Ard Skull Reach. The game will be live here on Tip FM with thanks to Dennis's meets here in Nina. So to build up to the game, I went to Nina CBS on Monday morning and spoke to Dara McCarthy, the team captain, and I also spoke to Dunnock O'Donnell, the uh, team manager, and I also spoke to Karen O'Donnell, who is the principal of Nina CBS. So uh, let's hear first from Dara McCarthy, and I began by asking him just the feeling around the school now that they're heading into the final tomorrow. Yeah. Journey, some journey is what it is at the minute anyway and from the very start we've sort of grown a bond together that's sort of unbreakable at the minute. We're all we're all very close as a team. Come come the start of the year, you know, a few new faces sort of shy shy at the start, but then just breaking out is breaking out the shell is some difference, but just brings everyone together as a team and that, that's what we are at the minute we're all very close so. and I'd imagine the, the semi-final win the nature of that probably even brought everyone even closer together you were down nearly 10 points I think in the first quarter of the game and to claw your way back like a win like that must bring a team together a lot and also give you a lot of confidence going on to yeah, the next yeah it does it's, it's great preparation for the final because you know going into it probably like yeah you're, you're right I mean, um we are that that win sort of did bring us very close together as right. We're down six and a half times, sort of we're we dug it out in a way to to be only six points down. We got lucky. Mm. A few frees and we earned a few frees, alright. We could have been eight eight, nine down. So yeah, we're lucky enough there in a way. But yeah, we dug it out in the second half. Yeah, and you mentioned free taking there, that's something I kinda wanted to ask you about your Obviously, on the freeze for the team, but your free-taking routine and style is is unique enough. How did you kind of come about that that technique, and what's kind of the the thought process? It's actually, yeah, it's funny you ask that. No, my brother actually started that off. He was under fourteen at the, and I was only eight or nine at the time, so mm. I sort of copied that from him. So I, I'll give him the credit for that. Yeah, so, it's very deliberate. Like there's a, a yeah a routine sure, to it. Yeah, there's no point in changing it now at this stage. Anyway, so I, I've been I've been very used to that since. Under fourteen, I'd say under twelve even. So, and I have to give him all the praise for that. So I got it from him. Yeah, and I suppose you you mentioned your brother there. You would have played with him at Tomb this year. It's been a very busy year for yourself, I suppose. But uh, coming off a, a brilliant year with with Tomb and your first year in the senior squad, um, getting to the county semi final has asked kind of confidence wise. That's probably helped a lot. I'd imagine being able to do it at, at that grade. Yeah, it helps. Even all the senior members, uh, you gain a lot of experience from them in a way. Mm. Um, it gives you some confidence because all the managers instill in you that you're what you're capable of a lot of the time. And Ken Don and all the boys are 
just relentless praising you the whole time, which is which very it helps a lot. In fairness, so. And looking looking forward now to the to Saturday at Hearty Cup final. Even since the semi final win, have you noticed a kind of buzz in the school or anything like that? There must be kind of a lot of excitement yeah. between the students and the players alike. There is, yeah. The whole the minute you walk in the door, the atmosphere is different. Like compared to previous years, you know, you'd walk in, you know, we'd be out at Harry Cup even maybe before Christmas and just even myself, you'd be in a dull humour, just be not looking forward to school at all, but mm. it nearly puts a purpose on coming to school now. You look forward to it every day. It makes a big difference, like going all this way at Harry Cup because even for the academic side as well, it helps a lot because you can sort of put your mind on to ask something else mm. if you go to the books or whatever, so it helps, yeah. Yeah, and you're a sixth year at the minute, aren't you? Yeah, sixth so year, yeah. a, bu- a busy time of the year yeah, for yourself. Yeah, sure, so. mocks and wins anyway, so. So it's hard to, is it hard to balance it all? Uh, I wouldn't say, I'm not balancing much at the minute anyway, it's sort of all hurling at the minute, so <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing much books, so. Um, and looking ahead to, to Saturday now, um, Arts Reach, of course, are the opponents. Going into a big final like this, are you kind of looking forward to the game? Do you just want to get to Saturday, or what's your kind of mindset kind of going into a kind of a big final like this? Yeah, I suppose we'll definitely enjoy the build up anyway. There's no point in change our change our mindset from any other game. We'll keep the same mindset for the as in for the quarter final, semi final. But when the day comes, we'll be we'll be buzzing, and we are we are buzzing for it now as it is. So. That was Nina CBS captain Darren McCarthy there speaking to me. I also caught up with Dunnock O'Donnell, the team manager. And Dunnock has been involved with Nina CBS for a long time. He was involved back in 2012, the last time Nina CBS were in the Hardy Cup final. And I asked him if there was anything they could learn from that experience to take into tomorrow's game. Yeah, the, the old cliche about you can't have to be in one to win one, you know, to, to learn from it. I think, <clears throat> I think we did, yeah, we learned a lot from it. I think the way we prepared for it last the last time was was I think it's different, you know. Um, I think we very much. I don't know. We embraced the hype. We wanted the hype, and we looked for it nearly la- the last time. Mm. Whereas this time, I think we're trying to keep it as low key as possible. You know. Can I ask you about Dara McCarthy? Obviously, the captain of the mm. team. He's just turned eighteen, and in the last kind of six months, and he's in with the Tipperary seniors, mm. and he's had a, a brilliant year. How is it working with him? And I suppose he's probably a player. Maybe a lot of the other players kind of look up to at the minute. Mm. Yeah, he's a very good. He's a very good young fella. You know, he's a very good person. Mm. Um, he's very dedicated to what he does as far as hurling is concerned. He's very good around school. Um, and as you said, he is a leader. He is a leader in the group, and he's he's dealing with all the pressures very well. He's doing his leave insert at the end of the day. You know, in another few months. So. He's a uh, he's a lot on his plate, and he's a uh, very good to deal with it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and looking ahead now to Saturday, venue being um, Cusack Park and Ennis was maybe a surprise when I mm. saw it. Um, do you have any kind of opinion on that? That fact that it's out there. I suppose it's a bit of a home, home venue for them, really, considering they've t- ten player pl- players on the starting team. But I suppose we, we've we've played on every sort of pitch in every sort of weather, and I, I don't think it bothers us really. We 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 play anywhere. Yeah, and Art School, as you mentioned, they have a, a lot of um, Clare, mm. underage hurlers who've minor All Ireland's and mm. things like that. Uh, an impressive team. And what are you kind of expecting from from them come Saturday? Well, I suppose really at the start of the year, themselves and Thurlis were probably the favourites to win the whole thing out, you know. And they would be, I suppose, still the favourites really yeah. in, in reality. But um, again, we we have a team, you know. We have a group of players who play very well together and as a unit, and I think that's very very important. 
That was the Nina CBS team manager for the Hearty Cup team, Dunnock O'Donnell. And Dunnock, of course, is the husband of Karen O'Donnell, who is the principal in Nina CBS. And I also caught up with Karen, just asking her about what this week means to Nina CBS. Yeah, it's great. It's great to go around. Look, anything, any bit of positivity like that brings a boost to school. So it's been a fantastic journey for everyone. And we look, we, we're all looking forward. The lads have been going on the supporters' buses. We've been meeting the families and the parents, the past pupils. You know, it's been a real, you know, yourself, anything like this is a huge community event as well. It's school community, but it stretches, obviously, mm. into the wider community. It's great to be downtown and seeing the posters in the shops and, you know, the best look signs around the place. So, no, it's fantastic and absolutely great. A great few weeks, but especially this week, obviously, yeah. uh, for the school. Absolutely. And it's been like hurling is obviously a big part of this school and has been for it's pretty much its existence. And we had the Dean Ryan Cup win uh, late last year as well. And I suppose that all kind of feeds off each other and there's probably a, a great kind of sense of um you know, momentum kind of building in the absolutely. school absolutely and look as you know yourself success breeds success in all these situations you mm. know kids get used to winning and that's that's what you want um look the dean ryan win was a phenomenal achievement for us it was it was great first in school's history as you said mm. and look that you know you've lads off that panel that are now pushing for places and keeping the, the hearty mm. boys on their toes as well which is what you want some of those boys are starting as well on the team so the whole thing has all fed nicely so you know it would be great to be having a super historic year, you know, as, mm. we, as we go forward. But, you know, great to have the Dean Ryan in the bag and obviously great to be in the Cup final. I mean, look, it's what every school who's playing hurling at this level in Munster wants. You mm. know? Yeah, and just mentioned how the Cup hasn't been won by Nina mm. CBS. Could you imagine what that would kind of mean to the whole community, really, if, if it could happen? Afraid to kind of think about it, really. I know it sounds strange, <laughs> and I suppose I'm, I've got sort of extra investment in the whole situation as well. You know, mm. I've got... You know, obviously, where, where, as I told the boys after the semi-final, I'm kind of wearing three hats in this at the moment. So I, mm. I have a real sense, personally and professionally, like what it, what it would mean. I mean, for the school, it would be phenomenal. For the, for the, the town, it would be great. For mm. the clubs, you know, there's, I think there's 11 clubs feed us on a regular basis into school, you mm. know. And most of those clubs are represented throughout the panel. And, you know, going back into your club and... Please God, bringing the Hearty Cup back to, to an event, you know, wouldn't it be just amazing for everybody? So that was Karen O'Donnell, the principal there of Nina CBS, looking ahead to tomorrow's big game. So it was great to be back up in my old school for the first time since uh, 2015, I think was the last time I was there when I was uh, doing the leave insert. So it was great to get back up to the school there uh, during the week to catch up and look ahead to, of course, that big game, Hearty Cup final tomorrow, Art School Reach versus Nina CBS. It's live here on Tip FM at one o'clock. Myself and Philip Hickey will be on commentary duty and our coverage on Tip FM is with thanks to Dennis Meets in Nina. We're going to take a quick ad break and we're going to be looking ahead to the rest of the weekend's Gaelic games after these. And you're very welcome back to part two of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, the 2nd of February, 2024. Now we're going to continue our look ahead to the weekend's hurling and joining me on the line now is a former student of Nina CBS and current writer for the Tipperary Star, Enda Tracy. Enda, you're very welcome back to the show. And that we've seen in, in the tip star this week and in the Nina Gergen as well, especially that a lot of build up towards this Hearty Cup game. Um, there's huge excitement around North Tipperary for this game. How do you think it's going to go? Do you think Nina, Nina are, are by all accounts going in here as underdogs? But um, how do you think this game will go tomorrow on Ennis? It's hard to know, Paul. I mean, um, you know, leading up to the semi finals a few weeks ago, you probably would have said that the two strongest teams are meeting each other in Turles and Art School. So. Based on that, it's our colour, our favourites, and mean our strong underdog. But I think they've shown there this year that they they have a fair attitude, and uh, even if they lose the game, I don't think it's going to be an easy one for our school. That that's what you'd be hoping anyway, because uh, I didn't even realise myself until I was doing a bit of research for the articles 
they've really flunked in all four finals they've lost Nina um, just haven't turned up early and have been blown away by the favourites on the day so they'd be hoping that there won't be a repeat of that on Saturday and that they'll uh, stick in the game as long as they can and hopefully their, their better players can, can rise to the task and they can get the job done but you know they're they're in bonus territory. I don't I don't know if the team themselves really thought that they'd be getting to a hard cup final. Maybe I'm being harsh, but maybe there was a few stronger teams in the competition ahead of them. But they've they've beaten everyone before them anyway, and they're in a good position. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I'd imagine Donald O'Donnell and Jack Peters and Mark Jennery and uh, Shawnee Kennelly, Miriam Campion, the the management team are going to be looking at this thinking, right, we can't have a start like we did against Charleville where we were, what, 1-8 to a point down after mm. 16 minutes. So I'd imagine tomorrow you're going to see a, a, a big push maybe from Nina in the first half to to just, you know, they can't they can't have a repeat basically of that Charleville first quarter. 100%. You're, you're in big trouble if that happens. We've seen what happened to Turles. It was similar for them. Belong Kilmallock in the semi-final. I think there were 10 points to two or three down in the first 20, 25 minutes and in the end, it ends up costing the game. So, uh, they need they need a good start anyway to get the confidence and the belief going. Um, having said that, the Dean Ryan Cup team kind of went down early enough uh, in their final and managed to pull it back. So it just shows that there's good attitude in the players that are be crossing over between the two teams. And um, look, they they they'll know they'll know that a good start is needed. It's a young enough team as well. And to be honest, it's a it's a smaller team. So I think having it in Emmys probably suits them. It's a it's a wider pitch. I think it's the same dimensions as Croke Park, and the pitch hasn't been much used over the last month or two, so it should be should be in good order. And I'm not sure what the weather's like, Paul. I think it's meant to be wet, is it? Um, yeah, I'm not, not too sure. Yeah. Either, but um, look, it'll be it'll be better than any pitch they've played on this year. You, you know, you've been to a few of the matches. The conditions have been very poor, and they've had to had to really dog out results. But it should be a bit more hurling than this one, and probably soon, Nina. Yeah, no, I'm, I can't, I can't wait now for this game tomorrow. And hopefully, just looking at the the bits of research I've doing, I've been doing. Um, Nina have definitely better goal scoring ability than this Ardskull reach in the previous games so far. Ardskull have only scored a goal in one of their five games. Nina have scored, I think, two in in nearly all of their games. At least two. They scored four in one of the games. So that could be something to keep our eye on tomorrow. So that's one o'clock uh, in Ennis at half past two. Then it's a very busy day of sport in uh, Tipperary tomorrow. We have the Tipperary Senior Hurlers getting their National Hurling League campaign up and running up in Parnell Park against Dublin. Um, this is a tricky fixture up in Parnell Park. And from what we've been hearing during the week, Tip have had a, quite a poor record there, losing their last two games there. But I'm sure Liam Cal and Co will be doing everything to, to come out of Dublin with a, an all-important win um, here on Saturday. Absolutely, yeah. I think it probably seems from the way Liam Cattle is talking, he's going to be looking to have a good run in the league um, while experimenting at the same time. Look, we haven't we haven't a league panel to, to work off of. It hasn't been released yet, so it's kind of up in the air who's going to be playing in the first 15. We we don't really have much indication. He's been chopping and changing a lot of players in the Munster League games and early pre-season matches. And, um, he's been trying a lot of new bodies, so it'll be interesting to see who he has playing and where, where he's kind of drifting to in terms of bringing players into the squad for the league and championship. So, um, poor record up in, in Dublin, as you're saying, but uh, a good test all the same to start. You know, it's, uh, it's nice to have a game that'll be have a bit of jeopardy in it rather than playing probably at home against one of the weaker counties. So, it's a good it's a good place for Tip to start, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what players he has in the field. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like the more we've seen Tip 
this year, the more nearly questions we have about who's going to make the panel because mm. there's a lot of players in there that maybe w- weren't in for, for consideration last year who've kind of come onto the scene and established themselves. And then you kind of look at the Barry Hogan has played. Um, we haven't seen uh, Reese Shelley in goals yet, so who's going to be in goals? So come come about nine o'clock this evening when the team is named, it's going to be very interesting to see. But uh, yeah, that's going to be the, the start of the National Hurling League. And just before I let you go as well, it must uh, must worth mentioning um, High School Clonmel tomorrow. They have a big Munster, the B Hearty Cup basically semi or final uh, down in Feathertown Park at 12 o'clock against uh, Blackwater Lismore. So it, it would be great to have yet another team up at the Hearty Cup grade if High School Clonmel can get the job done tomorrow as well. Yeah, I think that'll be six then next year, will it? Um, mm. Which is unheard of for Tip. I like, don't recall ever uh, having that many uh, teams into the competition. But Tip are going well in the school grade. I think Newport College won, or Newport College, St. Mary's, Newport won the D once or a few weeks ago. So if Nina and uh, St. Mary or uh, Clamnell could get the job done over the weekend, it'd be, it'd be a great year for school hurling and Tip, and uh, it bodes well, doesn't it? Yeah, it would be it would be unreal. So we wish all those Tipperary teams the very best luck this weekend. Uh, Enda Tracy from the Tipperary Start. Thanks for joining us on Across the Line. Okay, Paul. So let's turn our attention now to the Tipperary senior football team. They get their league campaign. They got their league campaign up and running last weekend against Carlow in a two-point loss. They're looking to get it uh, back on track this Sunday up in Longford in Pierce Park. They're going to be taking on Longford at two o'clock on Sunday. We'll have live commentary here on Tip FM with thanks to John Kennedy Motors in Clonmel. And joining me now and who's going to be joining me on commentary on Sunday is Anthony Shelley. Anthony, you're welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks, Paul. So, Anthony, the, the football league is up and running now. Um, we saw Tipperary against Carlo last week. Just a, a quick kind of overview of your general thoughts from that game. It was our, probably our first real look at, at Paul Kelly's side in a, in a competitive manner. What did you make of it? Yeah, I suppose um, it, was, it wasn't as bad as, as the results would suggest. You know, there was, a, there, was a, there was a lot of positives in it, but... At the same time, like with a young side, we were very naive in some of our defending. Like Carlo, we had said on last year, last last week's show that um, Carlo generally get about thirteen scores, and that's exactly what they got. But unfortunately, three of them were goals, and from tip point of view, they were very soft goals to concede. Uh, particularly the last one where everybody had had piled forward in in search of trying to get an equaliser, and like when when. Carlo turned it over like the the Carlo wing back ran from the 65 meter line and had nobody in front of him he only, he only had to beat the goalkeeper like so we just need to be um, you know you can't go all going ho you know you'd, you'd always should be leaving about four people four people back even you know just in case you are turned over so we have a few little things that we need to brush up on but overall uh, well the re- result was disappointing the performance wasn't as bad as what there is the results suggested yeah and uh... Longford now on Sunday. Longford were beaten by Leash by a couple of points uh, last weekend as well. So you'd imagine this is a, a big game for Longford. Like Tipperary, they came down from Division Three last last year, or yeah, were relegated from Division Three last year, down into Division Four now. Lost their opening game, so now they have a home game here against against Tip. So this is a it's a big game for both sides here on Sunday. It's a big game for both sides, Paul. Because let's face it, like I mean, your league could be over if you lose on Sunday uh, for either Longford or, or Tipperary. Because uh, you would probably need to get ten points to to be involved in the promotion race, which would mean winning your last five, which is always a tall order to do five in a row. So, um, the yeah, big game for both sides. Longford will obviously, after winning the Old Cup, uh, will 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 obviously be strong favourites for it. 
But um, you know, when we played up there last year, it was a draw, and traditionally there's not too much be- between between the teams. So um, you know, but you know, Dave Paddy Christie in charge. Paddy was involved with us for a couple of years, but you know, that's going to be of no benefit to Longford because a lot of the players that Paddy has was involved in at the time have moved on. So it's completely new, almost completely new, new Tipperary team. So, yeah, huge, huge game for both sides. Longford, obviously, with a home advantage and with a bit more of an experienced side will, will be favourites going into it. But uh, you know what? Tip aren't without a chance. Yeah, and we saw last last week as well, we've kind of mentioned on the show a few times that Shawnee O'Connor is probably going to have to step up this year. And, and so far, from what we've seen from him this year, that seems to be kind of exactly what he's doing. So between him and you know the likes of maybe Jack Hendy up front, um, you know, we have we have lads there well capable of taking scores for us. They have, yeah. I mean, Sean, like I, my problem is we we're probably too dependent on Sean. And if he is tied up, where are we going to get scores in a game? Like, but you know, as you said. He keeps producing it nine points again last last uh, last Sunday or last Saturday night, and um, it may be a bit harder. Longford like to to pack the defence and hit you in the break, hit you on the break, and they are a very very strong um, strong running side. But the fact that they have packed the defence, it might be a little bit harder for Sean to get on the ball this weekend. Yeah, and we saw it last week. Um that Paul Kelly is definitely not a, not afraid to use his substitutions. He brought on two subs before half time the last day as well. So there's probably an element of of good competition in the squad as well, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, there's probably everybody that all 26 are probably usable now. I thought maybe it was a little bit harsh to bring them on to to bring on the subs maybe three minutes before half time. Um, uh, you know, it's never nice to be brought off in the first half, but it just shows it just goes to show that you know. He he he's not going to stand around waiting for things to happen. Like if he sees feels a, a move needs to be made, he's going to do it straight away. So, but like and you know, to be fair, when when the lads come on, like uh, we had a much better second half. But a lot of that was down to the tactics. We suddenly started pushing up on the kickouts, which is something that we should always be doing. Like I mean, I don't know many times in the first half that the uh, Carlo goalkeeper just kicked it to the corner back which creates an overlap straight away. So, um, you know, when we pushed up in the kickoffs, we do that from the start and go after Carlo. But be a little bit more sensible at the back because, um, or go after Longford, I should say, and be a bit more sensible at the back because the amount of points that Carlo got from inside the D are, are closer. You know, that's not acceptable at, a, at, that, at this level. Like, that's the 80% zone where 80% of the scores come out. You have to protect it a little bit better than what Tip did last one, yes. last Saturday. So plenty to look forward to. Two o'clock throw-in time on Sunday. Anthony will be talking to you up there. So uh, have a good weekend and we'll catch up on Sunday for it. Yeah, see you on Sunday, Paul. Thank you. So a reminder there, Sunday, two o'clock is the throw-in time. Tipperary versus Longford and live commentary here on Tip FM is with thanks to John Kennedy Motors in Clonmel. Now, before we take our second ad break, just a, a couple of other things we need to uh, look forward to for the weekend. We have the Tipperary uh, junior camogie side. They are out in action tomorrow. This game is on at uh, 2 o'clock in Milik. They're taking on Clare in the Division 2B of the Camogie Leagues. And also uh, worth remembering tonight, just at half past seven, if you could be on the way to Bursley right now listening to this, uh, the Tipperary Senior Camogie team taking on Cork 
in the uh, Paddy Duffy cancer, cancer Recovery Fundraising Game. So really important cause there down in Bursalee this evening. We heard Dennis Kelly on the show last week talking about that. So uh, the Tipperary Ladies footballers also in action this weekend. They take on a leash up in Credit Yard at 2pm on Sunday. That's in Division 2 of the National Football League. Of course, Tip suffered defeat to Tyrone last weekend by a point up in Oma. So they'll be looking to bounce back there. So we wish them uh, all the very best of luck. The Ireland under-20s featuring Lockmore's own Brian Gleeson, of course, they take on France tomorrow. That gets underway at 10 past 8 tomorrow evening, so a strange uh, kick-off time there. And we've also a couple of massive soccer games happening this weekend. Peak Villa, they take on Crumlin United. This is the FAI Junior Cup fifth round replay. Remember the game was played in Thurless there during the storm and was called off after 19 minutes a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Peak were up 2-0 at the time, so this game is to be replayed up in Dublin now. So that's on tomorrow, Saturday at half past one. And we also have a massive game, St. Michael's hosting Clonmel Celtic. This is on on Sunday at half past two in Tip Town, and that is in the Munster Junior Cup quarter final. So a really very busy weekend as always for Sport and Tipperary. And on the local rugby front, the AIL boys have uh, a weekend off this weekend. So we've no AIL to look forward to this weekend. That will be back up and running, I believe, next weekend. So that's uh, pretty much all the uh, other sport we can look forward to uh, this weekend in the Premier County. We're going to take our second ad break, but stay tuned because there's a really interesting chat with Bursley kickboxer Liam Devaney, who's a European champion. That's coming up after the break. And you're very welcome back to the third and final part of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, the 2nd of February, 2024. Now, at this time of a Friday evening, our attention turns to the Sporting Edge, which is a feature here on Across the Line this year where we look at a different Tipperary sports person every Friday evening and hear a bit about their story. So last week, we spoke to uh, jockey Amy Jo Hayes, a very impressive uh, young feathered jockey there, and she had a brilliant story to tell. This week, our con- attention turns to Liam Devaney. Liam is from Bursley, and he's uh, risen through the ranks pretty quickly in the world of kickboxing, and last year, he won a European title in the professional ranks. So I caught up with Liam yesterday to hear about his story and first ask him just a bit about his upbringing. The Sporting Edge on Tip FM, funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee. Hi, how are you? All good. Yeah, it's good to have you on, Liam. I'm very uh, interested to hear about your story in particular. Uh, European kickboxing champion, so it's we don't have too many of those in Tipperary for sure, but. Tell us a bit about just first your your upbringing and um, kind of uh, you growing up and before, before let's say you got into kickboxing. Uh, yeah, so uh, I grew up in Bursley there, uh, so just outside Thurles there in Tipperary, and um, played the usual stuff, you know, bit of hurling, uh, got pretty far in rugby as well. Um, I had trials for East Munster and everything like that, but uh, as I kind of got later on in life, um, I kind of, I suppose, just fell out of love with it a little bit and ended up not really doing any sports for about two years um at the time then i just i started after i left school i started a a metal fabrication apprenticeship with uh pwm uh jack o'dwyer is the boss of that and about seven months into my apprenticeship um my brother was also serving time uh as a diesel mechanic um and one of the girls he worked with was doing uh kickboxing at the time and there was a beginner's course showing up so she just said it to him and he said it to me and at the time i was quite heavy i was about i'd say 117 kilos it was like eight, 18 and a half stone 
Um, so I said I'd join in uh, mainly just to lose weight. That was kind of my whole idea behind it. Uh, sure, after the first session then, I just fell in love with it. And ever since then, I've just been hooked. Um, even so much so that after my apprenticeship was completed, I kind of continued working for about 10 months maybe. And uh, I've actually left that now. So like I'm just, I'm fully self-employed coaching kickboxing, uh, taking private PTs for kickboxing, um, self-defense and stuff like that. And obviously fighting professionally as well. So it's just kind of become my whole life. Um, Yeah, I'm just, obsessed with it to put it mildly <laughs> yeah that's that's unreal like you know to hear starting with a beginner course and here we are maybe 10 years later or, or less no six six years wow six years later and you're full-time you know fully um in, into the sport like you are so that's in, that's incredible so it was it was pretty much nearly nearly love at first sight for you it was yeah like i've always um i suppose i've always had quite a quite a high temper or a short temper should I say so naturally um, not that I'd be getting involved in any fights or anything like that but just you know to try keep myself calm it was uh, it was super helpful for that and then obviously just the adrenaline rush that you get from hitting pads uh, sparring and then obviously going into the competing side of things it's obviously a little bit tougher and the training is a lot different you know you're kind of training twice a day, six days a week. Um, it's quite full on, but mm. again, the adrenaline rush after winning a fight, never mind the title, just, just even just an amateur fight, uh, nothing compares to it. So, you know, it's kind of, it's worth all the sacrifices. Yeah, no, it, it must be a very addictive kind of thing, I would imagine. But um, you mentioned there, so it was Thurless Mixed Martial Arts Academy you first went into for those kind of, uh, that beginner course, was it? It was, yeah. So, uh, Thurless Martial Arts Academy, uh, we're in Stradivore Industrial Estate there, and it's run by uh, Pat John McCool, my coach. Um, then also we have uh, Liam Ryan, which is, I suppose, kind of a co-coach. And then obviously me and my brother now, like we're coaches in there, but the three lads, like so my brother Sam Devaney, he obviously fights professionally as well. Uh, he's fighting in only a couple of weeks now. Um, in a good international fight against an Italian guy. Um, so the three of them, between my brother, uh, Liam Ryan and Pat John, they're the kind of lads that uh, just uh, kind of drive me on. Um, they kind of give me the confidence to go in and, and compete. And I've always said it from the start, anyone that comes up and congratulates me on my fights or anything like that, like none of the credit goes to me. It has to go to them guys. It has to go to everyone in the club. Um, as long as people know about the club, I'm happy. It's not, it's not really about any of my success. It's more so just if other people can get their eyes on the sport, that's uh, that's what makes me happy. That's what makes me proud. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's. Uh, I I kind of even want to to look back now when when you first started. So six years ago, you mentioned you were um for heavy for for yourself and you wanted to get in in a bit of shape. So you start kickboxing, you fall in love with it straight away. At what point do you think? Right, let's let's do a bit of competing in this rather than just you know doing it as a hobby. Um, honestly, the first day I walked in, right. the first thing the first thing I said to my coach was, uh, "When can I get a fight?" And obviously, like he's seen many people come in all enthusiastic and everything, and then quite quickly when the kind of training really gets 
kind of nitty and gritty. Uh, you're going to have people kind of second-guessing themselves. So he kind of laughed me off at first, and he said, look, just come in and train, and we'll see how you get on. And, um, yeah, I suppose just literally from day one, I just wanted to compete. I've always just been – I've been so competitive, um, and, I, and I always just wanted to prove – Prove to myself mainly that I can do it, um, but also like you know, prove to everyone else that like if you put your mind to anything, you can do it. Um, but yeah, I wanted to compete basically straight off the bat, and I think it was almost a year after starting, I had my first amateur fight, um, and then it was just it was just full on from there. Um, I think in. 2019 it would have been uh i had seven fights in a year um which was quite a lot yeah um and then obviously then covid hit so it kind of put a, a downer or it kind of slowed everything down there for a while but uh we got back to it anyway and you know we're still just tipping away now yeah no that's that's it's unreal kind of how how quickly you you've gotten into it so you, you've obviously progressed an incredible amount in that like relatively short time like six years and you mentioned a, a year into it was when you had your first fight and that's a it's a steep learning curve to go from rookie to actually a, a competitor i'm sure so but just t- tell me about the journey since then because you've you've gone on and you've gone on to win a, a european title so that's a an extreme jump in six years yeah um so again like since I started competing, um, my idea has always been to just like uh, it's not, it's not that I'm not proud of my belts. Of course, I'm proud of my belts, like the Irish title and the European title. But it's uh, it's more important for me to be fighting the best people I possibly can. So from the get go, like I was always fighting lads that had more experience. Um, you know, like there's three or four guys that I've fought that have 10, 15 years experience on me. Um, and I've always just wanted to fight the best guys. So naturally, going in against the better guys and coming out on top has kind of led to more opportunities. Um, basically, that that's all it is, really. Like, again, if, if I get good names on my record, it kind of leads to bigger and better fights. It leads to more kind of promotions uh, looking at me, more... Um, other fighters obviously wanting to fight me then as well mm. so it, it kind of all just led on from there um but like me and my brother like we have a we have a whole hashtag going there as well like the vanny brothers so like any, anyone that's in the the kind of combat sports community in ireland you know like there'd be a good few people that would just kind of recognize the, the vanny brothers as it is um so we have two two of the older the vanny brothers fighting and then we have the younger james the vanny like he's playing Harlem with tip there and everything he's obviously a big sports star himself so yeah well, um, so he, J- James is your younger brother James is my younger brother yeah 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 so people like listeners will obviously know uh, JD nearly as he's known for the with, JD, with yeah, yeah. yeah so he's he's stead away from the kickboxing anyway yeah do you know what he actually did come in there for a bit like uh, for fitness and everything but sure geez, there's, there's not a hope you'd drag him away from Harlem. like I mean he's too good at it and he's too in love with it so yeah <laughs> I'm we'll sure. leave him do his thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure uh, the 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 Harlem public in Bursley will be happy to hear that. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The 
the sport itself, like you mentioned, how you you just kind of love to get more more eyes on the sport. Like I would be a fan of all sports, and I've been to plenty of mixed martial arts events and things like that. But anytime you you talk with people about you know, combat sports, whether it be boxing, whether it be kickboxing, whether it be MMA or whatever, that there's always kind of a people look at it and think, oh, you know, it can be barbaric at times, and you know, how can people you know compete in this and do this? Like what? What? What's your thought on that? What is the kind of benefits of the sport if people are looking in and thinking, "Oh God, I, I, why would I want to do that?" What are kind of the benefits you get from from competing and and just even participating in kickboxing? Um. Well, what I would say as far as participating in kickboxing, like just just going in and training, like you're never you're not forced to spar anyone. You don't like have to go in, fight uh, or spar like your teammates or anything like that. Like you you can. You can train kickboxing or Muay Thai uh, all through like non-contact. Like so, so we just do like some conditioning. Uh, we do a few rounds of pads, and and that's it. Like so, like if you were ever kind of looking at it, maybe saying, "Oh, that could be a bit too tough," or like you know, I might get hurt in it or whatever. Like just know that there there's never there's never anyone forcing you to actually get uh, hit by anyone. Like you, you can easily just go in just enjoy it for the training that's involved in it. Uh, you know how to defend yourself if there ever ends up being an unfortunate time where you need to, but mm. um, of course you don't need to be in any contact at all. Like most people in our club don't compete at all. Um, people have been in their years and they just do it because they love it. Um, as far as the competing side, obviously that's a bit of a jump up. And I do think it takes a certain person to compete. Um, a lot of people will compete, they might take a loss or they might just realise, you know, that all of a sudden when someone really does want to try hurt you in there, that it can be quite scary. So I, I would think it's only so, for yeah. certain people uh, competing. But other than that, like, uh, I, I just I just like the competitive side of things. Mm. Um, I, I've always just wanted to, uh, to compete and just try to get as far as I can. Um, Again, just to kind of make myself proud, make my family proud, like my mother and father, Tracy and Seamus, like they're probably the best support I have by far. Uh, my fiance and uh, my little girl, so my fiance, Tasha, and my little girl, Remy, she's only about 14 months. So there's a lot of things that drive me to compete outside of the actual fight itself if that makes sense yeah no it's it's a it's a great story and i suppose just in the sport in general anytime i look in at kind of boxing clubs or anything like that there seems to be a, a brilliant kind of sense of camaraderie in these kind of things that is probably a large part of people people coming back um for training and things like that but for yourself you won back last april you won that european title um since then how have you how have you been getting on i, I think you're kind of uh are you kind of a bit injured at the moment yeah so i yeah, so I won the the Irish title in February. Then a couple of weeks after, then I won the European title, and then I had a couple of fights. I was meant to fight in May, um, but I got injured in training, and then I went back and I fought A class against a, a French guy. Um, he actually he held a world title there. Um, so I I fought that guy not for the world title now, but just a. It's a normal pro rules fight, and I bet him. But before that fight, two weeks before the fight, I fractured my foot in two places. Um, didn't want to pull out of the fight, so I still went in and I fought. Uh, luckily, I got the win. But obviously, since then, uh, 
the injuries have been quite quite severe. Now my foot is healed, but there's just a uh, there's a lot of swelling. But I was in with my physio yesterday, and the injuries aren't as bad as what I thought. Originally, I thought that there was potentially kind of like ligament damage and everything like that because I got X-rays and nothing was showing up. But yeah. um, everything's all good. It's just swelling, so just you know. I just need to mind myself. That's one thing I'm not good at. I'm not good at minding myself. So I need to just make recovery just as important as uh, punching and kicking. So yeah, I think if I had a, if I had a fractured foot, I think a, a professional kickboxing bout would be probably the last thing I, I would want to be doing. But so so what's next? When do you, do you have any kind of fights lined up or a timeline to when you're going to be back out there? Yeah. So I have. I have a fight lined up in May. I won't announce it yet, of course, because it's not announced or anything. But mm. I do have a fight lined up in May against a very, very good guy. Um, so that should be a good one. And then after that, then again, we'll just we'll see what way it's like with injuries. But again, like fingers crossed, I'm hoping to compete. You know, probably May, and then another two or three fights before the end of the year. Um, and again, we'll just we'll see what opportunities come up. Uh, like I said, whatever comes up, I said I say yes to everything. So, whatever's offered to me, um, I'll take it. Yeah. As really. Well, I definitely wish you the very best of luck, and hopefully, all those injuries are, are very much behind you now. Just before we finish up, uh, Liam, if people have been listening to this and think, okay, yeah, gee, I wouldn't mind even getting down and trying a bit of a kickbox, and even just to be uh, hitting pads or whatever, um, how can people get involved? Yeah. So, uh, in Turles Martial Arts Academy, like I said, it's in Stradivore, the Australia State. We run a beginner's course, which usually runs for about six to eight weeks, and we do that maybe two or three times a year. So if you follow us on Instagram, it's just Tarlis Martial Arts Academy, Instagram or Facebook, you'll see any announcements of beginner's course um, anytime that comes up. And again, that's just a really good introduction. You're in with everyone kind of starts off at the same foot. Uh, no one is like better or worse than anyone. Uh, you all just get to go in good atmosphere, good coaches, and you kind of get an introduction to the sport then. And then if you want to come and start training, then in the advanced class, of course, once you finish the beginners, then you'll you'll come in and at least you won't feel like you're in too deep of water. Mm. Um, also then, me and my brother, uh, Sam, like we take private PTs, so you could always get in contact with us uh, if you ever wanted to just do private PTs, if you were a little bit nervous about going into a class. Um and then we also, me and my brother also run a self-defense class every Saturday. And we also run a kids class every Tuesday and Friday as well. So, you know, there, there's loads of options there for people if they wanted to start, whether they want to do it privately, just one-on-one, -on -one, whether they wanted to just do self-defense where it's not kind of fitness-based, it's just learning just how to defend yourself. Um, and then obviously for the younger generation, then we run the kids classes. And like I said, for everyone else beginners class or the advanced class then yeah so pl plenty of ways to, to get involved in the sport Liam it's been great hearing your story and I uh, wish you the very best luck for the for the year going forward and we'll definitely catch up again thanks very much The Sporting Edge on Tip FM funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee Yeah, really interesting chat there with Liam Devaney uh, talking about his journey through the world of kickboxing. What a quick rise he's had in just a short six uh, six years is all since he started and he's already a European champion. So we wish him the best of luck in his career going forward. But now at this time of a Friday evening, it is time to talk dogs with Barry Drake.
Tip FM's Greyhound Update in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland because this runs deep. All roads lead to Clonmel this weekend for a bumper weekend of Greyhound Racing. Of course, the National Coursing Festival takes place at Powerstown Park, so we're expecting massive crowds in Clonmel Greyhound Stadium over the course of the next couple of nights. It all gets underway with their usual Friday night meeting, of course. Uh, the first on Friday night there is due off at the usual time at around half past seven there. Uh, the first will go to traps. It's a good graded card uh, that's down for decision. One that has caught my eye, um, on the Friday night program is a greyhound um, running from trap number one and that of course is uh, in the eighth race there Emers Molly who has been hitting the crossbar in recent outings owned and trained by JJ Dunn uh, just a marked youngster so plenty of improvement still to come I thought that would go well there on Friday night's racing program but switching our attention uh, to Saturday night um, it's a 7.30 start couple of good finals down for decision here and uh, we're going to turn our attentions to race number four, where I like the chances of trap number six here, Holly Hill Debbie. This one for Jared Gubbins down in Fermoy, trained locally in Tipperary by Parry Campion. It was a wide margin winner last time and winning a 28.73. That really was a fabulous performance. And I think that will take the world of beating in the final of the Talbot Hotel A3 stake there in Clonmel on Saturday night. Uh, switching our attentions to race number six. This is the Hotel Manila sprint stake final. I'm going with trap number one here, Humble Diamond who got off the mark for the first time uh, last time for Pat Butler in Dundrum. Uh, really enjoyed the uh, step back down in trip on that occasion. I think there's more to come from that one. While on to the following race, that's race number seven. It's the Elite K9 Transport A4525 stake final. And I thought um, in this race, trap number three, Kilcash Echo, who stayed on stoutly to win last time in 29-17, thought that was the one to beat in that uh, final on to the big night on Sunday night always a night to remember um, in Clanmel with uh, so many stars on show over the course of Sunday night it really is going to be a fabulous night of greyhound racing um, on to race number six we go this is the Rural Kennels uh, Constellation Stake final kindly sponsored by Liam Dowling and Sean Burke it's got 2,000 euros uh, to the winner Romeo Falco improved on the clock last time and winning a 28-68 uh, for trainer Graham Holland based in gold and of course the champion trainer I think he'll have a good weekend and I think Romeo Falco will take that final we'll add to the uh, following um, stake of course uh, Ballymac Danica um, should take plenty of stopping here uh, for Liam Dowling 28 34 last time that was the, the standout performance for me in recent weeks um, in Clanmel she's a high class lady as I said uh, from the Ballymac Kennels down there in Ballymagelligate in County Kerry Liam Dowling is expecting uh, a great couple of days in Clanmel and I think this is the one uh, to follow there in that uh, feature final while moving on to race number 10 this is another great contest it's the orchestrated stud AOA1 Bitch stake final with 2,000 jurors to the winner. Trap number four, born to perform for John Mitchell and Jennifer O'Donnell. Set the standard last time when winning a 28-60. A reproduction of that should see this exciting young tracker make it four wins from as many starts. So as I said, all roads lead to Clanmel this weekend. 
It really is um, a weekend to come out and uh, watch some fabulous greyhound uh, racing there at the local Clodmel Greyhound Stadium. Also, we have to give uh, a big mention to the uh, Tipperary Interest in Shelburne Park on Saturday night. Um, always a great uh, competition. It's the Tote uh, Gold Cup, of course, for 2024. 16,000 euros uh, to the winner of this. And uh, plenty of uh, Tipperary interest, of course, in uh, this competition and uh, very much looking forward to that road exile was a recent winner of the kingdom greyhound derby down in uh, kerry and he lines up in uh, race number five uh, for capo white trainer pat buckley he's done 2802 around tralee uh, on that occasion it's a really really hot contest but i'm sure he will be in the mix there uh, for his uh, talented Tipperary trainer uh, buckley kennels are also represented with super fast gordon in the following heat that's another leading player and i would keep an eye on i think over the course of the year uh, heat number four is race number seven another holiday will start as a short price favorite here uh, for Tipperary trainer uh, michael o'donovan that should take plenty of stopping uh, while in heat number five uh, this can go the way of carrick aldo for thomas glynn in eden Derry. and on to uh, heat number six here uh, glenn garmerta runs in trap number five for pat buckley 30 13 winner uh, for 550 yards around Limerick last time. That should go well. Also keep an eye on Cree Jojo. If this one could return to top form, uh, it would be a real player for new in trainer Owen McKenna. So as I said, plenty of Tipperary interest um, in Shelburne Park on Saturday night. But I'm very much looking forward to a big weekend, the biggest weekend of the year at Clonmel Greyhound Stadium on Friday, Saturday and Sunday night. Always good to hear from Barry Drake every Friday evening here on Across the Line looking ahead to all the weekend's Greyhound racing action. So that's pretty much all we've got time for for this week's edition of the show. A reminder that we have three live games on Tip FM over the course of the weekend. Two of them are tomorrow. First up, 1 o'clock, Nina CBS versus Ardscore Reach, the Hearty Cup final. That one is live here on Tip FM with thanks to Dennis's Meets in Nina. Then just after that at half past two, we'll be bringing you live commentary from Parnell Park as the Tipperary Senior Hurlers take on Dublin. Throw-in time there is at 2.30pm and our live commentary is with thanks to Tipperary REA. And then finally on Sunday at 2 o'clock, I'll be heading up to Longford to uh, cover the Tipperary versus Longford game. Live commentary here of that National Football League encounter on Tip FM with thanks to John Kennedy Motors in Clonmel. So a really busy weekend of sport live here on Tip FM. And of course, on Tuesday evening, we'll be looking back on the weekend's action. Remember, Bank Holiday Monday to come. So uh, Tuesday evening will be Ronan Quirk's slot on extra time this week. So very busy weekend to come. If you want to listen back to this show, we'll be on the Tip FM SoundCloud and the Tip FM website as quick as we can after seven o'clock here but i hope everyone has a great weekend hopefully it's a good weekend for all the Tipperary teams involved and until next friday evening's edition of across the line it's bye for now